As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you, Why mad? you mad? Hey, how's it going? Okay, uh, good. Um, <laughs> I you have... sounded like you're like shooting out of a cannon. You're like, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I have things. What's going on? That's what I feel like. Uh, I don't know. Everything is uh, uh, just a lot happening with me. I'm like really busy. I have a bunch with you of personally? crazy shit. Yeah, you know, just working a lot and like kind of doing creative shit simultaneously. I have a really cool idea for PDA for Halloween. It involves uh, this thing I'm reading, but it's just like a lot of work. I'll tell you about it off mic because I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> people should listen to it. Um, These lucky I, bastards are going to get some spooky content from you, even though they don't deserve it in the month of October. <laughs> no, they deserve it. Yeah, it's like yes, our, our month. Um I wish I could talk about it. It's a really good idea, but uh, later. no. Okay, so in between all this shit, though, like I've like really overworking myself, and I've been trying to like uh, comfort myself with a prestige television show, as is the way of the times <laughs> that we live in, and like this thing happened where people were really like talking a lot online around. Uh, the Emmys and stuff about Better Call Saul and how it like just ended and it was supposedly really good and oh we all love Bob Odenkirk and all this stuff and yeah. um it's I, there's just something really annoying that happened with it which is that I, I might be wrong but I, I get a feeling sometimes and then I convince myself of this that there is such thing as like a viral opinion about something and I just kept seeing like every, like all these random people on Twitter saying that Better Call Saul is a really good show because it's the only show that has real writing anymore, like classic writing, like the way movies used to be written you, or something. Are you about to say that it sucks? I well, here's the thing. <laughs> I I don't wouldn't say that it sucks, but I think I started watching it, and the problem is it's just too fucking slow for me. Like I was just totally. watching. I, hours at a time being like i need something to happen i'm fucking dying over here and i started thinking about that opinion and i was like you know what i bet i know exactly who on which fucking podcast said this and then hundreds of dudes all over brooklyn just started saying you know i think better yeah. call saul has original writing which other things don't have classic right and i was just yeah. like getting madder and madder about it and i was like fuck this so i started watching the jeffrey dahmer show and i <laughs> and i <laughs> And I will not apologize, uh, but I, 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 I've been seeing people predictably, as is you know a, a yeah. discursive thing happens over and over again, um, do these takes about this show because it's this dramatized thing that on some level is eerily fair about the serial killer that it's about, um, and I don't give a shit. I don't. I have never gone with this thing where it's like, oh, we shouldn't you know talk like make. Make them heroes or whatever, or like make them popular. Talk about them at all? Like they're fucking fascinating and weird. And um, this show, like, a it's when it's bad, it's incredible because it's just like the guy playing him is doing Joe Para, but he's (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer, and I it feels like he knows who Joe Para is. So (laughs) it's very funny when you're when you're taken out of it and you're just like okay this is too much i can't yeah. watch hours of a joe para serial killer but when it's good it's also really good and i'll tell you why which to me 
what I've liked about the show is that a it, it this is fucked up, but if you're going to tell a story of it like this, you do have to tell it honestly. And the honest story of what makes a serial killer is that they, at some point, they were a human. And then, you know, stuff happens that put them on this weird track. So it, it's odd because it follows this guy and you find yourself almost like empathizing with yeah. him. But that is a person and people aren't evil. They're sick is the thing, you know. Yeah. So like, I guess that's how I perceive it anyway, being a stupid psychology person. But like, I, uh, you know, I think it's well told. And more importantly, if you stick it out and you watch the whole thing, the most important points that are made via what the story explores are that the what happened with this extremely fucked up sick individual perpetuated itself for so long because of institutional racism and homophobia which is like a good takeaway from this thing because this guy should have been caught if you believe in any level of like accountability or fucking police or whatever mm -hmm. but there's all these instances and these are all from real life of like um black people and gay people like coming to the cops and telling them like point blank this guy tried to kill me and i think he's trying to kill other people too <laughs> and the police just going like you know ah, you know we looked into it or whatever or not going into his apartment because they they knock on his door and then he goes like you don't want to go in there there's gay stuff in there and they're like <laughs> you're right and then they leave yeah. or like, he goes to jail a few times, but he gets a really easy sentence because he's a white kid and he has a father who's, like, well-connected. And yeah. so the judge will say, like, you've got a bright future ahead of you and I don't want to ruin that. Boys will be boys. And they let him off, like, a million times. And that is, like, you know, that is that is a fucking anti, uh, you know, racist, like, story. That is a, a critique of all of this institutional bullshit. So I am hot take of the week over here. Dahmer show's good. <laughs> that's what that's what I've been watching. What about you? Um, well, I'm gonna have to respond to this Dharma shit because um, I don't know if you saw. I tweeted. I mean, it was a joke, but it I really was half serious. Where I tweeted um, that the next person to talk to me about Dharma was dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not see that. Yeah. Uh, well, you're dead meat, Jake. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because actually, like. I had tweeted that just kind of sort of being annoyed that Dahmer was trending. And I don't know if you saw this movie. I mean, I'm sorry, this series on Hulu, uh, Only Murders in the Building. Have you heard of that? I have never seen it, but I'm aware of it. But you're aware of it and you know the premise? Yeah, uh, yeah it's like Selena Gomez and Martin Short and uh, what's his face? And, and Steve Martin. Yeah. And but that's not the premise. That's the cast. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the that's all I know about. It. The premise is that uh, these motherfuckers—they're like rich people, right? They live on the Upper West Side or whatever of Manhattan in a building with a door in, right? And uh, somebody gets fucking murdered in the building. Like a dude that like Selena Gomez kind of knows, and that the other people like nobody really like talked to each other before this. And so we just learn somebody gets murdered, and these three nosy fucks—they um, start like looking into like what happened and like spying on the cops and whatever like separately you get me and then they like yeah. run into each other while they're spying and then it turns out that all three of them are fans of some fucking true crime podcast gotcha so they bond over that at first and then they decide to investigate the fucking crime together and then they decide to do a podcast about the crime investigation jake and Good then Lord. yeah so the this whole fucking 
thing is like a little micro projection of this Dahmer shit that is what bothers me. And it hadn't really crystallized in my mind until you, you started explaining why you like it. And I think it's because uh, I don't think that there's a problem with like, oh, the dead bodies. I don't care about like making famous, making these killers famous. I don't care about the ethics of that or any of that. Um, I think it's whatever. It's questionable and it's pearl clutching because they're real people that exist and that did things and whatever, right? But it's history. Yeah, it's like being like talking about Catherine the Great is tasteless, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> whatever, bro, who cares? Um, so to me, it's more that I just find quote regular people, in which I do not include you, so don't be offended, but like regular people. <laughs> to be so much more interested than interest, interesting than serial killers, okay? And to me, it makes sense that they are more interesting to me <laughs> because <clears throat> regular people, oof, no offense to any of you, but um, <laughs> I think it's crazy how easily humans are indoctrinated and like raised to behave a certain way that is against their even like natural inclinations, that makes them hate themselves, that makes them live an unhappy life all the way through their death, that makes them so unhappy in some cases that they hurt other people, ahem, dumber, <laughs> you get me? So yeah. um, to <clears throat> me, it's honestly more crazy, and I'm using the word in the like old school, yeah, fucking this is nuts sense, uh, where I'm not saying anything that should be bad about mental health people or whatever, but, like, it's actually fucking nuts that um, so many humans fail to break out of the conforming forces in their life. And, therefore, it makes sense that the more people like conform... No, I'm not going to say the more, but, like, as part of... Um, the frustrations that come from conforming in some cases, because some people seem to be very happy conforming. I don't know. But in some cases, in many cases, those people that seem happy and, like, well-adjusted, they end up being the serial killers, <laughs> right? So this is what I'm saying. Like, you, to me, are all serial killers uh, because you're all, like, hiding all this shit deep down inside, like, hiding, like, denying yourselves and others of happiness and satisfaction and all this shit that would make you healthier. And then... It makes sense that therefore you would like admire or not even admire because that could be too strong a word, but like just be interested in the kind of people who um, break out of who refuse to conform. And that's not just serial killers. It's rock rock artists. Right. And fucking I don't know. Uh, Banksy, <laughs> I don't know, whoever the fuck it is that you think is like com not conforming in the sense that you feel that you conformed. You can't help but respect that and be interested in collecting stories about people who do that. And I think, especially if you have not, I don't want to say it in a mean way, but like have not broken through the conforming standards that hurt you and that keep you from being happy. So to me, all this to say is that like, I don't really give a shit about fucking any of these serial murderers, any of them, not one of them is interesting, except for that Latino one, he's kind of funny. Um, but- uh, uh, The Night Stalker, yeah, Richard yeah. Ramirez? Yeah, that one, he's kind of fun. Um, but I am super interested in the discourse around true crime, because it's like a bunch of normies like trying to convince themselves of why they like this kind of stuff, and that it's okay, and that they're not like into gore 
when like what's wrong with being like I'm into gore <laughs> you know like look at me I watch yeah. every, every horror movie <laughs> and I'm like oh, hell yeah awesome. yeah exactly but um, to me the difference between watching like five gory horror movies in a day and watching the Dahmer series is that the horror movies are a direct expression of human fear and all this shit from creative people who are trying to tell this story as opposed to Dahmer was like a real dude who had problems and failed to conform and then actually hurt a bunch of people because of that and now we're all like super fascinated and we can't even admit why. So it's kind of gross. No? I mean, you can admit uh, why. You found it funny. You can, you know, like you have a good relationship <laughs> with it. But I would say like these ladies who are like really concerned with like, are they glorifying murdering white ladies? <laughs> you know, like um, I don't think that they're being honest with themselves as to why they're interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Um yeah, I don't know. I think that like a lot of people who are into morbid stuff will just tell you that they like like, like it. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess I fall in that camp yeah. of like I'm not going to try to like or like uh, last podcast on the left dudes or those kind of Yeah, dudes. it's like what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Like their fan base is great. I like yeah. I always wear that shirt out and whenever I'm at a show and I'm wearing my last podcast on the left shirt, I meet somebody yeah. who also I immediately know they have this same sensibility about stuff and enjoy yeah. the playing it up and you know for a lot of people like who are into horror and stuff like that the um leaning really hard into it and the morbid curiosity of it and getting like a thrill out of it is something that like gives you a sense of control or something so like yeah. You know, there's like a, I mean, there's like jokes and tropes about women being into true crime and stuff like that. And I think I I don't I can't speak for anyone, but yeah. I've heard takes that are like, um, you know, I'm legitimately scared of being murdered. So something yeah. about this gives me like dominion over it, like constantly staring it in the face and making it kind of funny, like they do on last podcast yeah. and shit like that. Uh, th that I get. I don't understand. I guess I just I don't understand the people on Twitter that are like that think of watching a show like this as. Um, glorifying, but I just don't yeah, think that's like don't a think good way is. to look at art. Yeah. And also, I think you know, if you want to like start that conversation, okay, let's talk about every fucking television show that's about police and like yeah. presidents and yeah. horrible world leaders and stuff who've done way more damage than like one sick individual because totally. you're individuating bad, like just evil, we which is both, like <laughs> that's so funny. We both went thinking of the same thing, which is I didn't wasn't thinking about it. Like, uh, look at these bad individuals who actually did bigger things, systemic things. I was thinking of like how something that like our focus on serial killers um, has or like contributes to is the individuation of like evil instead of us. You know, I guess it's more boring to watch a fucking documentary about how our food sources are being turned against us or how the petrol uh, industry is destroying the world or how like, you know, the well, that, prison. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying about yeah. this Dauber show, though, is yeah. that it shows you the institutional racism yeah. and homophobia, and as opposed to making it a show, and it, uh, the flip side of that that's kind of unnerving is that he's kind of a likable character on yeah. some level uh, because he is a person, and that like you know that 
I mean, if you want, you can tell the story of like he is just bad and should you know yeah. should have been like nipped in the bud or whatever. But I don't. I think to, to tell like a like a good material analysis or like a yeah. story that is informed by a good material analysis, you're going to end up with something like this. But that, I you know whatever. I see, I see what you is, mean. No, I see what you mean, and that makes sense. That um, because I do agree with that stance that like. Uh, if there is something to be learned about these type of people, it is through uh, really examining their true situation, right? Not just casting them as this black and white evil situation. But I think that's precisely what the pearl-clutching people are against, because then that humanizes these murderers, and it makes us then kind of like identify in part with them or understand what they would want. Yeah, to a lot of people humanizing equals like uh glorifying but this is like yeah. idealistic thinking this is thinking That's that true. saying that out loud is going to cause more serial killers to happen which is just like not how the world works yeah. uh, it's just that's why i think it's liberal bullshit man yeah yeah i think that's a really good point actually um i what have i been watching i've actually just been watching like a lot of horror well pro- i'll probably send you some movies um for us to maybe do like full episodes about especially i've watched a few like latin horrors recently like i finally got to a good paranormal activity for god's sakes uh <laughs> like the fifth one is good and it is uh about mexicans so that one fucking ruled uh, oh yeah we have to talk about uh fucking creep one and creep two at some point yes I did watch did you them. watch them okay great i I'm watched them before watch them we stopped yeah. the show yeah. and then we stopped for a minute I was okay like, oh, fuck, that's, I watched them. that's why i haven't even brought up any other movie because i feel like they all must follow creep and creep two <laughs> you know like we'll talk about that later but um actually you know it's weird i don't even know if you want to talk about this but maybe i just want to complain to you for a minute one of the reasons that i've been fucking busy and like fucked up is like my fucking landlord is a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I'm not supposed to talk shit about people, whatever. Everybody's getting their feelings hurt. But these motherfuckers. Um, no, Jake. Please talk shit about your yo, landlord. Jake. And then, you know what's fucked up? And this is the thing that um, here's even more of like a, not more, uh, not even more, but more of a gray area than hating on landlords is that, um, so my landlord is like a fucking... Uh, entrepreneur landlord right like a dude who like I have no idea where the fuck this person lives I don't know anything about them I've never seen them in my life because they have a management company so they have like a representative to annoy me and be annoyed by me right so these representative people they're not the owners of the property right but they put on these little mini crowns of like oh I'm the one who has power over you even though I am not the owner but then when you have an actual conflict with them they want to claim that they just work here and they're working class just like us and they you know they also have to pay rent and it's like dude okay I understand that you don't you're not owner class and I think that this is something that maybe is what's been bothering me a lot uh, in relation to the not just in relation to the things I'm going through, but like um, there does seem to be a need to clarify now between an owner class and a working class because there are plenty of people who came from and maybe still are technically economically working class. Um, But once you become a landowner, 
you are not of the same class that working class people are who do not have land. Like your interests automatically change and unless you act in con like contrary to those interests when you need to, then you are automatically against us. <laughs> like I don't know, do you, does, is that radical? Is that crazy what I'm saying right now? No, that's no. the basis of like marxism dude and even before marxism like what or i don't want to say before marxism but like before america acknowledged it let's say america was literally founded on this false idea of equality that really was all equal rights for who land owners <laughs> okay yeah no we had a bourgeois revolution yeah. <laughs> for the bourgeois and then like i'm like listening to all of mike duncan's yeah. podcast the uh, revolutions right now and it's it's a lot. It's hard, but I'm glad I'm doing it because they like in this country they just teach you this insane thing, which is that the American Revolution is this like this it thing was like that, farmers and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that it it's like it then informed all these other revolutions, and we invented democracy basically. But it, what actually happened because of the unique situation geographically and everything is that we had this bourgeois revolution over here, which gave us like this weird jump ahead but then all of these other countries in europe like because they weren't isolated like us had bourgeois revolutions and continued the process of growing like yeah. having the like if you as you understand on a marxist like historical materialist timeline or whatever uh phase of history theory or whatever um that's where like Society kept evolving and eventually socialist theory like started to come up naturally out of people observing, you know, the the French revolutions and then like people getting rid of kings and then going, OK, well, the, the logical conclusion to yeah. this is to like keep going. But because I don't know, literally in the United States, all of America has been since its inception, pretty much has been like, how do we reign this machine in that we started so it doesn't go so far as to beheading us <laughs> because they started a propaganda machine it was a it wasn't even a bourgeois revolution honestly jake it was a landed revolt that's the material reality of it like forget labels of class right the material mm -hmm. reality of it was that it was people with land okay revolted yeah. against their government and then try to institute their own separate government. That's literally like if Texas, all the landowners in Texas got together and fucking were like, we're free of America now. And then they started putting out press releases about how they are equals and, and they're about freedom and they're freeing themselves right. from the terrible monarchy or whatever the fuck of the United States, you know? Um, yeah. So it was never a revolution because a revolution includes a change in ideology and a change in socio-political structure following i guess that's true it's yeah. a unique thing that just yeah no it started as like colonies or whatever exactly no when we call it a revolution it's because that's what they taught us to call it but it was never a fucking revolution it was literally a landed revolt and you know a lot of our problems now are this american dream bullshit where we're like oh yeah we love working class people we love hard workers everybody come work here you have the opportunity to rise up to bring yourself up to the level of land owner and then once you are a land owner your interests automatically contradict the interests of the non-landed people <laughs> like it just period and the story unless you actively do something to um i guess offset 
the privileges and demands that you would have as a landowner. Um, yeah, and we just have this bizarre myth yeah. that like everyone is going to level up to mm-hmm. land owning and property owning, and it's like, but that that's impossible. Like, unless there's literally not enough land. Like, functionally, well, there's yeah. like it require like the whole system of owning property requires you to have a base of Work, underclass of un- people yeah. to ex- use to exploit that property. Exactly. So like literally everyone can't be the boss. Then there would be no thing exactly. to use to make money or whatever. So it's just as I I thought about it's one of those things that like before I ever read any of this shit, just when I was a kid, I would think about it, just yeah. be like, huh? Like what Same. the fuck? Is yeah. that really just yeah. Why does people believe that, you know? So let's get back to these fucking landlord representatives. <laughs> because, uh, to be honest with you, you know, I lived in an apartment for 10 years, maybe six blocks from where I currently am, where um, I always, look, I have always agreed with all of the jokes and the discourse that is anti-landlord. Landlords are bad because ultimately what they are doing is securing their ability to be landowners by um, stealing the labor from everyone else who cannot afford to buy land and therefore has to rent from them some of their own, the land that they bought, right? Um, And that they've somehow convinced themselves that this is like, this works for everyone, we're doing everyone a favor, and my house is getting paid for (laughs) it. And it's like, oh, no. But for 10 years, I lived um, in a brownstone in Brooklyn where my landlord was a like 50 something year old black man who grew up in this house and it was his mother's house uh, that she bought with her husband like, you know, a long time ago when only black people lived in Brooklyn and Jewish people and therefore the prices were lower. And his mom had moved to Atlanta when she got older. So now he lives in the house. And, you know, it's like three stories. So the bottom story was him and his lady and his new baby. (laughs) And then uh, the floor above was his oldest daughter, who was like 20-something, late 20s maybe, and her boyfriend and their kid, and then me at at the top, Jake. Um, I lived there for 10 years, like I said. Uh, My rent never went up one time. Every time I had a problem, uh, my landlord himself came to fix it because he lives downstairs. Uh, sure, you know, there were problems, like he doesn't know how to fix everything, so we went through learning <laughs> phases together, and then we called some people and whatever. Uh, but the point is that it was never a, um, what do you call that? Uh, shit, what's the word for when it, predatory. There we go. It was never like a, a predatory or unfair situation because I also contributed to making the house better. I always paid my rent on time. I, I believe I was the only one paying rent in the house because everybody else was family. So uh, I'm basically just helping them like pay off their mortgage maybe or like whatever and filling up an empty spot in their, in their house, you know? And then I moved to this place and it's the opposite. And so like before, you know, even though I understand conceptually what's wrong with landlords, I didn't have a landlord. There was that example of the bad landlord. I had literally the best version, which is a, uh, my, my landlord, he worked at, uh, El, at LaGuardia. He was, uh, I don't want to say his job, but he works at LaGuardia. Um, and I was like about to give everybody all this information. Um, so he's like legit a working class person who's like only landed through inheritance of like a, you know, pretty dilapidated house in an area of Brooklyn that at the time people didn't want to live in. And yeah. 
he rents it out to his Latina girl. He never fucking puts the rent up. <laughs> and he's just like, cool with it. Has no problem with me smoking weed. Like, whatever. Great dude. And now I not only have this faceless corporate landlord who, um, who knows how many properties he owns and how many poor or working class people he um, is dependent on and raises the rent regularly on, not because he needs more money, but because he's on a raising the rent schedule that he uses every year, no matter what, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't see this dude, and instead I have to deal with these, like, middle people who, Jake, it's it's like, um, honestly, it's like if a when a retail worker gets, like, really pissed that somebody steals from the store, like, why are you pissed? What does it have to do with you? You fucking yeah. fill it out in the report that day. Somebody stole three bras. Great. <laughs> you know, like, right. who, why are you tackling people? <laughs> why are you, like, it has this fucking nothing to do with you. You don't own this shit. You get paid your salary. I've been nothing but polite to this person. And literally what happened is that the fucking front door of the house didn't close, Jake, for a month, okay? A uh, week in, I text him and I'm like, hey, uh, like super politely. I'm like, hey, I don't know if somebody's already told you, but the front door of the house hasn't closed for like a week. And he replies, oh, uh, no, nobody had told me. I'll send somebody ASAP. I'm like, mm. great. A week later, the door is like worse. It's like falling off the hinges and it's yeah. like dragging on the floor. So I text him again. These texts so far have been like around 11 or noon. And I'm like, hey, sorry to bother you again, but the door's, door is actually worse now. Are you going to be sending someone soon? No reply to that. A week later, somebody does come and they screw the door back into the frame so it's not dragging on the floor anymore, but it still doesn't fucking close, Jake. <laughs> so uh, I text him again, and this time I, it was like 8.40 p.m. I fucking work late sometimes, all right, guy? And so I text him at 8.40 p.m. and I put pictures and everything of the door, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, if somebody did come, but they, like, it still doesn't close. Like, here's, you can see it doesn't close. Can you please send a locksmith or, like, a person that knows, not just, like, a handyman, <laughs> you know? He writes back immediately, like, oh, my God, Luisa, why are you so rude? You, why are you texting me during my personal time? Why don't you have any boundaries or understanding? Okay. <laughs> First of all, this motherfucker, oh, you did do that. Which landlord or landlord representative waits to call you at your convenient times and doesn't interrupt yeah, no. you? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Also, That's part of that job. Like, yeah. It's, you, yeah, sorry. You have so many advantages, but that's like one of the trade-offs is that you have to be on call the fucking time. Exactly. And even then, all you have to do is fucking put it on mute and not ignore, like, ignore the text and deal with it in the morning, not, like, act like this. So I immediately was like, oh, he was like, there's a proper channels to put these kinds of complaints in. And he meant, like, the little dashboard online thingy where you pay your rent, you know? But I, yeah. I got hella pissed, and I was like, cool, man, no problem. You had never told me I couldn't text you. I won't be texting you again. Everything will be in writing moving forward. And then I fucking called 311, because it had been a month with the fucking front door not closing. Can I tell you something? Yeah. 311 showed up the next day, Jake. <laughs> they sent a fucking <laughs> inspector the next day, and they ended up getting fucking fines for multiple other issues, right? Because once the inspector is here, they also look at other things. Right. So that got filed, and the day after I get the email confirming from uh, 311 that they put in, you know, all these citations or whatever, uh, the landlord rep emails me, Hi, Luisa. I hope you're having a great day. Just want to let you know that we, the owner has decided not to renew your lease, so please uh, make plans to move out on November 30th. All right? Check that out. 
so uh, now we're in a fucking like this November. Yeah. Uh huh. Damn. And Jake, this is like after I have fucking fixed the fuck out of this place. No fucking yeah. no fucking way am I moving out. So and the thing is, it's like it's illegal to retaliate for calling three one one. And I received the first notice the day after I received the citations from three one one, which means they received them too. So it's all unrecorded. Um, I've like blocked my landlord's representative's phone number. I'm like, you can't text me. You can't call me. We don't talk to each other like this anymore because our work hours is obviously a conflict. I work nine to five. You work nine to five. You can't talk to me during nine to five. I can't call you after five. So no more phone calls for us. Everything will be in writing. Um, and I just replied to his email and I was like, you know, great. Thanks for letting me know. Um, you should let whomever know that I won't be moving out without a court order. So talk to you later. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> see, like, I'll see you later. Uh, I'm absolutely not moving out at the end of November. You're insane. Um, and the reason really is not just because I annoyed them or because I cost them money for calling 311. It's because the law in New York says that um, you cannot raise somebody's rent by more than 5% at a time. And I moved in during the great flight of New York. So these dummies had this apartment empty for like eight months during the pandemic, and they fucking dropped it to less than half of what it was before the pandemic. So yeah. guess who's smart and moved in? Me. <laughs> I moved in, I fixed it up, and so now, realistically, they could probably get somebody in here to pay $3,500 a month, and they cannot possibly like double my rent. You know what I mean? So yeah. they have to kick me out in order to get some sucker to move in here to pay 3500 a month. Right. And I'm not fucking going to do it. Period. Um, so if anybody out there is a, uh, <laughs> a tenant's rights lawyer or whatever the fuck in New York, hit me up. I got some business for you because I don't have anywhere to go. Um, because the truth is I probably have to leave New York, man. Um, Prices are going... You think? Yeah, man. It's not... I don't know that it's worth it. Um, it's part of the other things I wanted to talk to you about. It's like my traveling and places I've been. Um, I also have a landlord thing. Yeah, my that's why I brought it up. landlord has... What's going on with he's you? He's been... So, this dude... I have like a mega evil landlord. Yeah. And like we've been involved in Impossible to can like explain in shortly but like a long ass years long situation involving rent strikes and stuff with him. Yeah. But his latest thing is just that he like, he puts a notice on my door like every month and the notice says you are being terminated. You have, uh, you know, 30 days to vacate because you violated yada, yada, yada. And every time I get it, I text it to my lawyer and he goes like the the like we have a yeah. building like a lawyer who's like representing us as a floor basically, yeah. uh, and in all this shit where he's trying to kick us out, and every single time the guy points out, he goes, "This thing he's accusing you of is actually not viable in court. Like yeah. no one's ever been able to uh, to to kick anyone out for this. Like I have roommates, and but I'm the tenant officially yeah. of my place." And he's saying that I'm profiteering by having roommates. Oh my like I God. just shouldn't. You mean by? But it's. He's trying to say it's subletting, but calling it profiteering. Yeah, basically. But it's just like I talked to a lawyer about it, and he said people that, don't even uh, get kicked yeah, out no. for subletting. Yeah, and he's like saying like no one has ever been like uh, actually no one's ever been actually make the stick in court. Yeah. 
And he knows that I know he knows that. I think he just does it every month because he's like, maybe it'll scare everyone like this time. Well, and it's yeah. like insane. Like it's become this ritual where I just like see him and I go, I got your thing. I'm throwing it in the trash. And he's like, okay. You know, <laughs> I saw you. I think I saw you tweet about this. Just like briefly tweet about like uh, how your landlord's been trying to evict you for months and you just throw it away. And it made me feel really yeah. a lot better because <laughs> I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not imminently about to be evicted. I'm just entering a new phase of my relationship with my landlord. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It's really, it takes a long time to evict someone. Yeah, it's dude. possible. But in New York, it's like a whole fucking thing. That's what Most of what they're doing is trying to intimidate you to get out yeah exactly exactly so i think that's why i wanted to bring this up is because especially if you're in new york i don't know if you're in other places like you know this dumb country i don't know but at least there are reasons that i'm happy that i live in new york um which include tenants rights um new york um is less likely than i think any state in the country to side with uh the landlord over the tenant um because they are like actively um, anti-homelessness, um, you know, or they're trying to reduce the amount of the houseless population. So um, in general, unless it's like some really bad destruction of property or like blocking selling, like you're the last tenant and the whole building's being sold or like, you know, um, there's very few Kate, like types. I'm not saying like it never happens, but um I felt good about your situation. I'm like, I was like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one. And then also my mom had it in Queens with a Greek lady. You know, I'm just putting in the fucking ethnicity because it matters, the story, you know. <laughs> and this, my, my mom lived there for like a year or two, maybe two years, and then the lady just like wanted to kick her out. I think it was because my mom was kind of loud. I guess like she, my mom is younger and she has like a life and she listens to music and stuff. And this was like an older Greek lady. So I think she just wanted to get rid of my mom. And so she just like evicted her with no notice. And my mom was like, what? I'm not leaving. Like, I'll, I'll try to find an apartment, I guess, but I can't leave at the end of the month. And the lady just like refused and was like, no, you, you have to leave. You're evicted. So my mom just stayed and she just kept trying to pay her rent. But then the lady would like not take the rent check from her okay so she would be like no i refuse and she would like put it back under my mom's door <laughs> so my mom got an escrow account where every month she put the rent for this lady and she like was like you know all her rent is there but she refuses to take it <laughs> and they finally go to court which i think was like six months or so or seven months after he they first she first tried to kick her out and they finally go to court and my mom explains to the judge like you know uh, here's an escrow account that shows the balance of all of the monthly payments for all these last few months that she refused to take. She like ripped up one of my checks. She threw one under the door. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, I've been trying to find a place to live, but you know, it's hard. The apartments cost a lot right now. <laughs> I haven't been able to find somewhere to go. I don't have a family with like space for me to move there. So, uh, this is the best that I could do. And that's all she said. And then the judge was like, so to the landlord, she was like, so you're telling me You've had a perfectly nice single tenant who's been paying on time and you just have been refusing to take it? That sounds like discrimination. What's your basis for it? You know? And then later it's just like, well, I just want to change her. And she like couldn't have, she didn't have a reason. So the judge was just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, to my mom, she was like, you have six months to vacate, right? Another six months. <laughs> and then she goes, and since uh, Mrs. whatever the fuck didn't want 
her rent for the last six months. You don't have to pay her rent for the back, like for the back six months. You can just use that yeah. mo- uh, money in the escrow account to find a new place to live. <laughs> so she got six free months and then six months where she did pay rent because my mom stayed until the very last day just to be a bitch to this lady. Just <laughs> to let you know what kind of stock I come from. Landlord representative, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually like a really typical deal. Yeah. That buyout for with six months buffer i almost got that at my place at one mm. point and my landlord and i almost took it like i was just like all right yeah. i've been living in a punk house for 10 years like maybe yeah. time to go i was ready to take it but my landlord decided to like cut uh, cut that in half and i was like fuck you man like no way dude. i'm yeah. not gonna yeah i know give me the full six months and the full background yeah. or else fuck off no, there's nothing and, these and, motherfuckers can give me i am not leaving and you know what the thing that's fucked up is but, when i moved in i told them like i asked for a two-year lease or a five-year lease and they were like no we only do one-year leases and i was like straight straight to his face i was like why because next year you just want to kick me out and charge somebody more and he's like, no, of course not. We'll, we'll sign one every year. Usually all the tenants in the buildings, they sign one every year. No problem. I'm like, okay, because I just moved from a place, or I'm moving from a place that I lived in for 10 years. I'm not somebody who's here for college or whatever the fuck, and I'm going to be out in two. I'm going to live here for at least five to 10 years. <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's the kind of tenants we're looking for. And now they realize they could get a lot more money if they get rid of me. Okay, let's like bring this back to what you, I think you started with, though. My like, worker owner so, thing, yeah. Well, yeah. So like, we live in America under like just the brutal realism yeah. of like there is no alternative way. Ever so, everyone has to be in this system. Like, there's not really like a way in your individual life to really opt out yeah. or really without some massive fucking change to even join a movement to try to change things. We're just like living under this dire, like cynical realism. And so what you have is a lot of people who like statistically the way things are all laid out are going to like kind of get these jobs and be like small business owners and landlords and stuff like that or inherit them or like not understand when they take the job that it's like a dick thing or whatever. So you have this difference between people who see it for what it is and try to be be a good person within this situation and then people who like refuse to do that and that's with like artists that's always been my thing is like um i understand that structurally the only people that are going to make it in the arts are generally rich people like comedian in doing comedy in new york Generally, everyone is secretly rich or openly rich if they're yeah. well, openly rich if they're cool. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm exactly, saying. Like, yeah. if someone's, I don't have a pro, like because like and that's whatever. what I meant about being like a, a good landed person, right? That you will automatically yeah. like you have to work against your interests sometimes on right. purpose. Yeah, but people mistake like being a radical leftist and like uh you know saying all the yeah and, and doing all the kill the rich eat the landlords yeah. shit or whatever uh like they mistake that for ha- attacking people on the basis of you know having owning land. property yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that or having an advantage or having any kind of privilege and it's actually like really subtle but the, that's not the attack the attack is what you do with that situation because like i know people that are 
uh, you know, that are rich in the arts and but are like aware of it and aren't actively trying to justify, you know, getting one over on everyone around them yeah. and trying to uh, make off like a bandaid yeah. at the end of the day. Some people are just like, yeah, sorry, I have rich parents and I get to do comedy and I know that's fucked up, but I'll try to be nice to people around me while yeah. I do it. And I, for those people, I'm like, you're cool as a cucumber. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I've had friendships with those people like that who eventually, I think eventually everyone kind of like uh, sort of shows their true colors and decides like to live their life, you know, in the bougiest uh, you know, yeah. way possible if they're if they're from that. But like. It's possible, though. Like, it's possible within all this to uh, to act against your own interests because you know it's the right thing to do. It's just very uncommon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And, you know, I guess it that is what I wanted to get at is this, like, nuance of, like, uh, the silly trope that we make fun of, but then the reality of um, our interactions with humans who... Man, you know, I'm here, like, trying to see this dude as a human because I recognize, like, oh, Jake, he's also Latino. And, uh, you know, he's probably, like, similar age to me. Uh, he's gay. So, uh, you know, it's got a lot of, like, look at me, POC, not a white dude, landowner flags, right? So yeah. I have always, for two years, treated him as such because I am a person who doesn't treat workers badly. Like, I go out of my way to make sure to, like, I don't know, make eye contact and be polite to, like, everyone. <laughs> Waiters, you know, cleaning people, all this stuff. Uh, oh, my God, somebody was making fun of me because I clean up the hotel room before I leave. <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, my mom was a hotel cleaning lady. I can't, like, yeah. leave a mess for someone else to clean up. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I fucking... I know they're going to fix it and make it better, but I'm like, oh, I just want you to know that I tried my best. <laughs> like, I put all the garbage in one, in one can, all the stuff, dude. But anyway, um... So this problem with like seeing them as people, because then when I also complained on Twitter about it, um, some fucking lady that followed me replies to me like, well, you know, maybe you should try asking your request in a more polite manner and during working hours. You know, landlords are people, ah, too. What a dork. Yeah, I fucking blocked and unblocked this dork. You know, we call it the soft block so that that way she would get off my fucking followers because I don't know why you're even following me. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but. It just annoyed me so much, dude, because I feel like that's what I was doing, Jake, was treating this person like a person who also has to have a job because we all have to have jobs. And I have known people who have been realtors and property managers, and I know that they are not landowners who are trying to game poor people. You get me? But sometimes they fucking act like they are. <laughs> and then what are you fucking supposed to do with that when you treat me like I am just a object to be moved in and out when it makes profits at a desirable level for your boss so that you look good at your job and you don't care if that would make me homeless or the impact that would have on my family or anything, then how the fuck are you still this worker person that I'm supposed to respect? Well, I mean, I think that's like you kind of hit the nail on the head with describing all of the uh, identity-based like check boxes yeah. that these people check and use that to uh specifically not look at this dynamic through the lens of workers and property owners yeah you know yeah that's just what we do in america is we obscure that and we think of it as uh instead of being like a thing that is like central and not something you can 
ignore or what is the word like indelible yeah. to every conflict it's just like one thing or yeah. whatever so you you know you can make an argument like well yeah maybe your landlord but you know i've gotten harder because i'm gay yeah. or whatever it's like that's like irrelevant to this situation yeah. you know exactly um well, but then people make the same argument with when they're, when they're fucking white dudes or whatever yeah. it's like fucking you know everyone's just massively avoiding the reality of the situation yeah. i don't know you know i've got bar regulars who are just like I, they think I'm a lunatic because of what I talk about and stuff. And I have talking to people as like bartending yeah. all day, I f especially at the place I work where I'm very much it's like a neighborhood bar. I feel very much like a stripper. I feel like my I'm I am standing in this place and people come up to me and like I don't really have a, a lot of control over it. I get I have to talk to people like lonely yeah. ass people all day and listen to their bullshit and listen to them talk about what they think the world is like and a lot of dudes will just spew capitalist realism yeah. at me and just be like like i had this dude the other day and he, it's fucked up because he's like a nice guy like he's fine <laughs> but i do not believe he's a good person because of this thing he said we were talking about Chappelle, and he asked me about him because like every once in a while somebody goes hey jake you're a comic you know and he said um he said he really likes dave Chappelle." uh and he said, what do you think of the last few specials? And I said, I think he sucks now. Yeah. I think I used to like him. And I think he's just stuck on some dumb bullshit. And he's doing this like transphobic stuff. And he was like, yeah, that's probably true. I really liked it. I thought the last few specials were funny. My problem with him is that just he, he talks about everything like as the black man. Like he just keeps bringing up the black man. Oh, and, uh, and then this dude said, and I just I just thought like, you know, that was kind of over. You know, Weird. like race is like not a thing like anymore. That. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, Weird. wow, like that's you are just some guy I could see on the fucking metro at any given point. People are walking around living this level of like delusionally disconnected yeah. from what is actually happening in reality. So, you know, with <sighs> identifying what you're identifying about these various landlords, like you're right, but like. I guess I'm just I'm I'm so defeated right now with like thinking that you could possibly explain this to anyone. Like I I I really I guess the way I see it right now is that like people like you and me see the world for what it is and most people don't and it's totally possible to not and it like okay. literally this it just back, sucks. Back to my point that it's more interesting to watch regular people than serial killers. <laughs> no. Well, when I see yeah. a regular person, I feel like yeah, I'm watching a serial exactly. killer. Like that You're getting it, Jake. Level of Yeah, because you know what's like, funny? What the fuck? Um I kind of had like the mirror um image uh, experience for me, which is that I went to Vermont this weekend to judge a comedy competition, <laughs> and um, it was awesome. Gotta tell you, I had so much fun because um, it was like a it's a beautiful little scene, a beautiful little town. It's extremely white, but you know there were a lot of not white comics, so I could say that for the comedy scene at least. But like the town itself, right? Um, but um, one of the things is like I had. A couple of conversations with people there about their living situations and like invariably everybody there was like I have the nicest landlord <laughs> and then like the landlord is like an old lady she lives down the street and like everybody's like you know and one person said to me well the thing is you know this is a small town so like you see your landlord at the supermarket <laughs> and like at the post office it's not like 
you could just be this invisible person who sends a letter who's like, we automatically raise your rent 5% every year or whatever, right? And, um, you know, that was pretty interesting. But so, like, I judge the contest. I have a good time. I meet a lot of comics. And then the next day, I leave to the airport. And uh, the hotel has, like, a shuttle, right? But this hotel is, like, staffed by, like, teens and 20-somethings. It has, like, a real, you know, murder movie vibe going on. (laughs) And I walk up to, like, the valet dude who's, like, 20, probably, or 21. And I'm like, hey, dude, you know, like, is there a shuttle to the airport I heard is it on a schedule what's the deal and he's like oh no man (laughs) and he's like super excited and he's like oh my god you're going to the airport right now come on I'll drive you (laughs) and I'm like uh wait you're the shuttle or like you'll drive me in your car (laughs) and he's like no no I'm the shuttle and I'm like okay and I'm like and nobody else has to go and he's like no it's just like whenever somebody comes down here you know because the airport is like 13 minutes away in this tiny town so I'm like cool let's go now so we get into the giant van and I sit in like the middle seat like behind the driver and he's driving and he starts like asking me why I'm there and I tell him that I was there to judge a comedy competition so whatever the conversation goes to stand up and dude he went like all out Jake I think I'm gonna send you the recording I think I recorded part of it (laughs) because it was just so funny (laughs) I'm not gonna like I didn't put it on social media or anything but I was like this is the opposite of a conversation with a cabbie in New York like uh this kid he was so excited that I work in comedy and in tv stuff and then he just was like, oh, my God, do you like this comedian? And do you like this comedian? And he just starts naming them all for me. And then he goes, what about Dave Chappelle? And I was like, ah, you know, he was a great, but not one of my current, like, tops, you know? He'll always be, was once a great. And he goes, man, exactly. I could think people, Holy yes, shit. dude, yes. <laughs> so the young people, and he's like, you know, and I'll say this. He didn't, I thought, once he said that, I thought that he was going to go full on, like, Gen Z the trans stuff is inappropriate, you know, but he didn't. He um, actually, in like a weirdly respectful way, just criticized it as like art. (laughs) And he was like, "Uh, you know, I watch all of his old specials a lot. I watched them over and over again. And he's like, but I don't really like any of the new ones. Uh, You know, he just seems like he's not who he used to be, and he keeps talking about a lot of the same things, and I'm not really sure why he hasn't moved on. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, at least that's something. That's cool. We were, like, critically watching that this is not no longer great art, you know? So I was fucking pretty proud of him. So then he's like, so who do you think I should watch? And so then I give him some recommendations. So then, like, I Venmoed him a tip because I didn't have money. So he's like, yeah, put the the names of the comics in the Venmo. So then I, like, put put a whole list of comics. And it was super cute. And, um, you know, in Paris, I went to Paris um, over the summer, too, or I guess in the fall. And I bring it up just because of these, like, I didn't have a landlord story here, but I have a cabbie story here, which is that... Um, in Paris, most of the cab drivers are like North African, um, Arab, right? Um, immigrants. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are so cool, Jake. (laughs) Like, uh, first of all, number one, side note, uh, for the first time in my life, I've traveled to a country where when I say that I'm Colombian, the first thing they say, every single one of them is, oh, el pibe. (laughs) which is a, a soccer player <laughs> yeah, uh, from Colombia, El Pio, El Derrama, uh, instead of like Pablo Escobar shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that was beautiful to just have like all my North African friends uh, be like, hell yeah, we love Colombian soccer. And we start talking about that. Um, but in almost every time, almost every case when we got into a, a cab or an Uber, um, we ended up talking politics with these dudes because they're very friendly and they start telling you, um, you know, about what's going on in Paris with the strikes and yellow jackets and whatever, all this stuff. And they have opinions cool. and they have opinions about everything. And then they like are super leftist, Jake. But then as soon as you say you're a communist, yo, they're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's yeah. so funny. So, um... The reason that I bring that up is because of something you said earlier about like how uh, as you get older, uh, no matter I would say no matter what background you come from, you get softer and it gets less desirable to like stand stiff on your, um, I guess, morality or ethics, you know, um, mm -hmm. because we all want to rest. And I would actually say to you that, you know, rich, richish people. Bourgeois people are likely to fall back into the comfort of continuing to pursue and uh, model the ideologies of the bourgeois world because it's easy to not have to break out of it. But I would say that um, a lot of working class and poor people end up identifying with some of these ideologies or choosing not to fight anymore or choosing what's easier or, you know, being like, I would love to be a landlord or a manager of companies or work for Exxon or whatever it takes or border patrol or whatever as long as I have a 401k or whatever. Um, yeah. Because maybe uh, the harder your life is and the harder you work for a long time, the more you're like, dude, I'm tired and I would like to just cash out. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I guess just what I think is so sad about that is that I think for the difference between people who have made it to the bourgeois class who decide mm -hmm. to convince themselves to relax and live in some sort of like realism there uh that's one thing yeah. and are those people it's like i how could you argue with that i mean it makes sense to just eventually go like look i'm gonna live in my nice house and like that's all i can do yeah. right but the problem with the other half of this equation working class people who decide to relax by by getting a job that has like maybe a little little tiny piece of the pie yeah. like a 401k or whatever i feel like most of what they are relaxing in is not actually having the comforts of bourgeois status but, but having them. the dream <laughs> yeah, of exactly. it the dream yeah. is what you use to comfort yourself yeah. and that's so sad yeah. because like I don't know. I've been thinking about that celebrity thing I was talking about last episode we do where like people like really live in their idolization of like celebrities yeah. based on the idea that that person supposedly made it to this nice life and you might even know deep down that you'll never like also be a famous UFC fighter or an actor or like a cool rapper mm. or whatever but just having that person exist kind of like makes you feel okay that you're not because it's just like this minute possibility yeah. or you just believe or believe that you live in a world where that's possible so then you like have kids and then you Don't go you? you're no you go yeah. try or whatever Do you think that's, that's like why they like serial killer shit why <laughs> i don't know <laughs> because, it, what do you mean? because there is a little bit of um psychic relief to think about how <laughs> 
killing your whole family is a possibility. Like going on a rampage <laughs> is a possibility. And like you're not gonna do it, but it it relieves some stress to know that some people have done it. <laughs> no. Man, I don't know. That's a tricky that maybe <laughs> I mean not every serial killer is a, a family annihilator. Yeah. That's a subcategory. I know, I know. That was just killers. one example, but um, you know, maybe. But maybe, you don't know. Maybe, Some I, of them are maybe like holding down rape fantasies, and they're like, "Cool, I will live through like watching what happens to somebody who outlive who lives them out, and it can end well, and I'll." Like, just enjoy the fact that some of us can. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You might be on something there. I mean, I kind of think about that sometimes when I'm like, um, man, I've gone to a couple shows recently, and I've been thinking about this thing that, like, I have been kind of afraid to say out loud for my entire life as, like, kind of a rock and roll dude because it's such a hot take. People are just going to think I'm being annoying. But I kind of think moshing is like stupid like it it's embarrassing to me yeah. when like a show starts and then like people around you just start like huffing and puffing yeah. and then they run up to you and they push you yeah. and i'm kind of tall so it's always a short guy <laughs> like a toddler like a toddler is pushing me and i'm like go, just go play like i'm trying to watch the show and and i'm like it always makes me th honestly oddly enough thinking about back when D dave Chappelle was really funny he had this really funny sketch on Chappelle's show where he'd explored the various like races relationships with music and stuff and he would like went to a black barbershop and he started playing some hip-hop and people started dancing and he was like see this is what black people like yeah. and then he went to um a latin barbershop or something i can't remember I, I don't know if they were both barbershops but anyway the second thing was he went to a, like a latino barbershop and he was like latino's like um when you play the keyboards like this and yell into a megaphone or whatever and everyone started dancing to, da, 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 da. <laughs> really funny and then the third was thing like, was that him and john mayer guitars, went yeah. to an he said like here's how white people like dance basically yeah. and he was play the fight song which is like a, a Marilyn manson song or something and then everyone just starts fighting each other and i was like that is kind of a thing about white culture is that you just have this like seething rage <laughs> and it's very like everyone's just totally normal and chill about the idea that everyone has this seething rage and then what you do on friday night is you go like sublimate it by just like doing this stupid thing where you just like wail on each other or whatever which is like I like rock music, but I just I it makes me want to dance. Like it doesn't make me want to fucking do this dumb thing. But I, I also here's what I guess why I've been thinking about that so much. I'm a comic. I let all my shit out. <laughs> you know, I fucking I like unscrew my head and dump it all into the internet, and I write and stuff like that. So I don't have this pent up shit that everyone else has. But I think a lot of people who don't have that yeah. sort of outlet. Yeah, they are probably watching like Dahmer, and they're like, a small part of them is like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I could cut someone's head off or whatever. You know, my boss that I hate yeah, or whatever. The fuck. Or they're thinking about how mean. they wish they had the courage, and so they like watch with satisfaction, or maybe like you know, they watch being like, ah, oh, see if he couldn't get away with it, I'll never get away with it. I'm not as good looking, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, I don't know, uh, but I just don't think it's. Like, I don't think it's simply a boogeyman thing. I think that the fact that we idolize serial killers, not everyone, but some people, um, dude, the fact that, like, women write them letters in jail and, like, want to marry them and fucking copycats try to, like, be their little buddies and do stuff like them. Um, yeah. This is all 
it is a relationship that is akin to our relationship with celebrities. And if we understand their relationship to celebrities to be one of uh, vicariously living a life outside of the norm, and it fascinates us, I think it also applies to serial killers. Yeah, that's a really morbid thought, but I think there might be some. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's different for all of us because, like, not all of us have, like, we're not fanboys of celebrities or, like, you know, everybody's different and has different relationships. Um I would throw the Catholic Church in there too, but whatever. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, I did, let's see, what was the, because we, we got like an hour, we're doing good. I can throw, well, um, no, I'm going to leave the, I'm going to talk to you about the Scorsese Institute report, but we can do another episode about that um, another time, maybe tonight. We'll see. We'll talk after we close this one. Um, but you know what I also wanted to tell you about France? That is maybe related. Um, and so, you know, my fucking brother, <laughs> he like, uh, he gives me a lot of shit about, uh, going to visit European countries because he believes that we should like not be taking our money to Europe, that we should not be glorifying European art or European culture as the status that everybody should aspire to, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, but number one, well, I have a lot of reasons <laughs> why I like going which include, like, I couldn't afford it before ever in my life, and now it's also, like, super cheap because their whole economy's imploding and whatnot. <laughs> so, good time to visit. Nice. Um, but also, Jake, um, it's, like, a really cool reverse colonialism. Hear me out. <laughs> okay? Because when I went to France, I discovered that nothing that is happening there is my fault. Right? <laughs> so like nobody is mad at me nobody there are no like nobody's mad at latinos or at latin women or at colombians or even at, at americans really like it's they have their own problems you know what i mean so they have like internal racist problems and um immigrant um discrimination problems and like everything everybody has different problems but, like, their problems are not our fucking problem <laughs> so like you go there and you just feel very like wow what an awesome fantasy land <laughs> where, like, look at the newspapers. They've got a bunch of problems that I don't even know. <laughs> like, what this has to do with me? So that's pretty cool. But then also, um, you are, like, getting to interact with a whole different type of immigrant and working class that is um, having to deal with, like, I don't know, like, the historically hegemonic monster <laughs> you know and so they're like having to fight with the idea like and uh, uh, how to say like a north african person a moroccan let's say who moves to um paris um they have to contend not just with the current situation in in France and whatever current relationship his country has with France, but also with a thousand years of what France believes itself to be, you know? So they simultaneously have this like um, very egalitarian society that's like all about the public citizen. But the problem is that their idea of the public citizen becomes a hegemonic idea when they want to erase difference in order to keep everything equal. So then they do things mm-hmm. like ban hijabs in public spaces. And then right. and so then when somebody says to them, well, then you are impinging my freedom <laughs> by telling me I can't put whatever the fuck I want on my head. 
then they argue with it with like, well, we've had 800 years of peace by agreeing to this civil, um, I guess, ca um, what is it? Mm, contract, yeah. That we are mm -hmm. all just French public citizens and the French uh, flag is primary over everything and then in private we can be whatever the fuck we want. Um, so it almost gives you like um, like a wider view of history than America does where or like it puts America into perspective sort of like I just watched Jurassic Park <laughs> so like in the way that thinking about dinosaurs puts humanity into perspective because they lived and died in so much longer than we've even existed yet you get me mm -hmm. um, it's that kind of thing Again, I don't know. I don't mean to be uh, into like be a relativist here, but I find myself being one the more I get older. Um, in America, we are still suffering of problems um, that are like 250 years old, and we've made like no progress whatsoever. <laughs> and like people think we have, but we haven't, dude. We're back to no abortions. We're back like it's so bad. We are also like. Our, uh, what is it, education levels are through the floor. Our, we're fucked. We're completely fucked. Um, so to have the perspective of being able to watch citizens and immigrants and, you know, residents uh, navigate a country that has had so many more attempts at making it better... <laughs> And failed, you know, not always perfect, but uh, it's just like, dude, I swear to you, it's so clean. It's, there aren't houseless people, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't anywhere, but there's enough um, infrastructure from the government that they are not usually on the streets, uh, like sleeping literally on the streets like they are in almost every major American city. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's. Just like what a city should be, it's walkable. The whole um, like there is no such thing as uh, what do we call that shit here? Aggressive architecture is that what that's called? Uh, Brutalism. No, aggressive architecture is. Uh, oh, like when there's like a spike yeah. on a bench so or whatever. Most people can't yeah. sleep on it. Yeah. So yeah. like in New York City, you'll see that literally every ledge on every building has metal spikes on it. Uh, every, like, in our subways now, we have these, like, sideway leaning benches that are, like, for you to, like, lean your butt on, <laughs> but not fully seat, yeah. sit down, because that way nobody will lay down. So, what people don't see in America, I think, is, like, most people, is not only is this, I, I don't think aggressive architecture is a word, it's, uh, volat no, there's a word, I'll, I'll look it up, somebody's yelling at me right now, whatever. Um, but, not only is it, like, decisively anti-homeless and very unempathetic. Um, it is also anti-citizen and anti-public life because it makes it so that there are no places to congregate in public, to listen to talks, to... Oh, man. To, Did you yeah. see that fucking video that went viral the other day, that TikTok? No. It was really good. Basically, it's this guy talking about how uh, there's this concept of the third place mm -hmm. And like, uh, what that means is, you know, you go to work, you uh, have a home, and society used to have a third place, the which was either square. the the mm -hmm. church, the public square, the union hall, yeah. 
uh, etc. There's like a handful of them. The bar yeah. is a fucking third place. And he was talking about how much that's been eroded over like like via capitalism like for example um you know coffee shops could in theory could be a third place but the, what we have for coffee shops now is starbucks where like it is designed to get people in and out the door and no one really has a conversation or meet someone but I would say and like bars bar and, well, you know, and the coffee shop don't qualify because you have to well, spend money to be there right but like Right, so that's yeah. part of the problem, yeah. right? But even bars were some extent of a third space before because you could just hang out in them. And, like, uh, it's it's worse now, at least, is like kind of what he's saying, because we don't live in, like, walkable cities. Yeah. And so in the suburbs, you know, you work 9 to 5 every day or every weekday. In theory, for you to hang out with other people and get this, like, human need that we all have met, you would have to drive 20 minutes to a bar hang out with God knows who, uh, random people, and then drunk drive back is yeah. the thing. So, like, this is, like, quickly deteriorating. So he's using it as a way of explaining why people are, re like, reorganizing uh, this need to get met, like, online and just creating, like, yeah. discords and parasocial relationships and stuff like that. And it's, like, really tragic. And it used to be... I don't know. So I don't know if it was something that was deliberate about society. Bowling alone is also like a book that they, where they talk yeah. about this. How like the Amer quintessential American experience is going bowling alone. But you see how like America sad. doesn't have any that isn't uh, free other than church. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like we never had ever. We've only ever well, you, I, had communal work and communal church. Right, but like the reunion halls. But yeah. then like socialism in America is like mm -hmm. crushed. A lot of socialist dorks say, like, that's why we got to bring this back. That'll fucking change everything. And it's like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's looking to the past. But um, I think this is why I used to say all the time that I, I was kind of joking. But I, when, it, when the Proud Boys happened, I just kind of looked at that and was like, we just need to make better street gangs for yeah. young men to join. Because, like, if we, if we don't do that, then it's like, where do you get this need yeah. met? And it's on fucking 4chan or whatever. So, like, we should just start... A fucking gang of street fighters, you know, yeah. but obviously I'm joking. <laughs> I, I don't know how, how realistic that concept is, but I do think that need should be met in a better way because it's like literally 4chan or Proud Boys or at best loneliness and kind of nothing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, exactly. So this is, um, I would say, is why New York, like New York and L.A., let's say, for example, to put out the like two usual comparisons. They have um, their own unique version of loneliness, of isolation, of atomization, right? Because in LA, it's that like get in the car and drive one that you talked about. And then here, it is our aggressive architecture that makes us um, A, uh, this like rush, rush, rush through the city. Jake, it's literally because mm. there's nowhere to pee and nowhere to sit. So everybody has to just keep fucking moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to yeah. be like a rat and have exactly. your little hole that you stay exactly. in, which is your home, and then be zipping around. But you always yes. have to get back. And that's why there's this very uneasy feeling you have in New York all the time where you're like, ooh, I, I'm not going to be able to sit yeah. down and rest until I go. So if you're like really in a borough far away from where yeah. you live, you get, you get really anxious because you're like, fuck. Yeah. You know? like, I either got to go get the code to a bathroom in Starbucks or, like, you know, go buy a thing. See where I, I mean, can work, park get the fucking and bar. <laughs> this thing has been killing me working at this bar because, like, I, in my heart, a bar is this yeah. thing that we're talking about. 
and I keep having this thing I notice where people come in and then they like run past me and go to the bathroom or they come up to me and they go, oh, excuse me, I'm really sorry. Can I use your restroom? I'll buy something. Mm-hmm. And I always go, just mm-hmm. go, please. I don't want to be the, like in my bar, you can just cop, use the yeah. restroom. Like, yeah. Right. You don't have to use the restroom. I hate this yeah. about society, but like. I see it so much that I'm like, this is sad. Like, it's insane yeah. that people think they're free in the fucking world we've built. You when can't go to pee. You literally, yeah. f- you, and you feel as though yeah. you can't. And you feel as though you have to buy something. That is the yeah. norm. I have to give this person fucking eight bucks that exactly. they have to give to their boss that owns this piece of property just so I can use a bathroom or whatever. And I'm like, that shouldn't be a thing. But you know what happened to me this week? As I was kind of beating this drum all week, and then a homeless guy came and shit his pants mm, all over the bathroom, and I had to clean yeah. it up. And I was like, man, I guess... You know, uh, <laughs> humans become in all types. Uh, it's funny, because as soon as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, like, you know, I used to run Starbucks, and, like, uh, that's how I was. I was like, yeah, bro, bathroom stays open, unlocked. And why would you be... What kind of asshole locks a bathroom, dude? Like, <laughs> just fucking... Well, that's what's yeah. fucked up about America, yeah. is you can't solve it yourself. Dude, like, no, it's until like you do it... Gordian knot. But then, uh, you know, I had it happen uh, one time... You know, more than one time, homeless person, you know, or someone doing drugs, you know, shat themselves or, like, whatever. And then even worse than that, like, put it all over the walls, like, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, or, uh... <laughs> What's the other thing? Oh, and then one time in in Florida, there was like some kind of protest against Starbucks, and some fucking dudes came and put cement in our toilet. And I was like, fucking great. Now and now I got to deal with uncementing a toilet somehow. <laughs> I'm like, great. Like more power to you guys in your protest though. But <laughs> why my store? <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. I think this is one of the things that I propose. Also, is uh, let's do a whole episode about Starbucks. I worked there for six years. I know the whole history of the company and we can talk about it and we'll talk about their union busting shit that they're doing and what a horrible company and how horrible this guy is and whatever. But also how much I loved yeah, it sure. for many years and I'll explain. <laughs> um, okay. But anyway, I think that's good for this app. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Um, we're going to try to make good sound on this one. I'm. We're both going to do slightly more work <laughs> to try to make it better uh, because we like doing the show and talking to each other and hearing from you guys. Um, is there anything that you wanted to plug, Jake? I'm going to try to put this out by the weekend. No, I don't really have anything. I have something soon, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, keep an eye out. Oh, my other podcast, Pod Damn America. Please listen to my good Halloween episode I'm preparing. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have anything. I'll have stuff for later. Who cares? Um, the rest of the time, just, you know, tell people about the show. I think what we're planning to do is start to release the episodes that you guys are hearing like you know a month late to the free people so um spread the word so they can join if they care to listen to things sooner rather than later um okay bye bye are you mad